I just think you have to look at the long-term goal of like what could be, what could happen instead of looking at, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of tired. So I'm going to watch Netflix instead of doing this now. And again, I am not judging. I don't ever judge anybody's the way they spend it or how they formulate their work-life balance. Like you can be a good preceptor and not do some of those things. I just think that if you are really trying to be like one of the greats and like really build like a legacy with these students, then you're going to have to do more than what an average person does in their day-to-day life. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. In pharmacy world, continuing education is not just a requirement, it's essential. But to fully maximize your potential skills and evidence-based knowledge, the most effective way to grow your brain gains is to have an excellent teacher. Make that practice specific, and the most essential asset you can have is a preceptor. That's why I am so excited to bring to you guys one of the best preceptors in the practice of pharmacy, Dr. Mike Corvino, founder of Core Consult RX. He received a BS degree in biochemistry from Charleston Southern University. He then graduated with his PharmD from the Medical University of South Carolina in 2015. Having a strong pursuit for evidence-based knowledge and practice, he then went on to become a certified diabetes educator, CDE, and board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist, BCPS, in 2018. Currently, he works as a clinical pharmacist and diabetes educator at Fetter Healthcare Network. He also serves as a diabetes educator for Palmetto Pharmacist Network, as well as an adjunct assistant professor of pharmacology for the Physician Assistant Program at Charleston Southern University. Outside of work, because that's not enough, he's the co-host of the Evidence-Based Medicine podcast, Core Consult Rx, and host of the Core Consult Rx Flash Briefing on Amazon's Alexa device. Dr. Master Mike, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, bro. What is going on, my man? Dude, like reading all that, I started thinking like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, I think my mom wrote that, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll send her a thank you card, man. But, oh, it's just so great to see all you've done, man. Like, Guys, I went and uh, Mike invited me out to his house where he lives, uh, I guess, over a year ago. And it was such an awesome pleasure to meet him in person. We've been you know, talking on the gram for a while. He's crushing it. He's putting in the work. And just seeing like his passion in person was just so inspiring. And everything that you've accomplished since I've seen you is just really phenomenal, man. And I mean, your heart's in the right place. 
you put in the work and you've inspired and helped so many people, not just in pharmacy, but in all the healthcare professions. And I just want to acknowledge you first and foremost for your dedication to excellence, not just for yourself, but to bring that out in other people that you work with. So props to you, man. Like it's, it's phenomenal seeing you grow. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I mean, that's, that definitely means a lot. And, um, kind of, you know, ditto right back. I I've seen where you were, you were already kind of a big deal on Instagram and things like that. And to watch you kind of, uh, flourish from there has been really cool too. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Absolutely, man. We rise together. So let's keep this ball rolling here because I'm really excited uh, with what you're going to share on this podcast. I think it's going to benefit far- not just pharmacy students who are about to graduate, but pharmacists who are really you know looking to take their career and level of impact you know to to new bounds to really help other people and inspire them like you're doing. So that's kind of where I want to go with our conversation here. Is I read all of the things that you're doing and did and accomplished, which are phenomenal. And amidst all of the many hats you wear and just amazing accomplishments, just overall getting to the core of where your passion is, I feel that lies in teaching pharmacy students and other healthcare professionals to be their absolute best when it comes to advancing their evidence-based knowledge. And with that, you really went hard with the whole concept of being a preceptor and making that a formal teaching style. I mean, you, you are a also professor for a PA school, but specific to pharmacy, you're just such a, an amazing person and professional and teacher and at all the things with guiding pharmacy students to really pave their career path. And with that, you're so good at being a preceptor that you've been recognized year after year after year, three years in a row as the preceptor of the year, which is such a huge testament to the value that you bring to your students and the impact you leave them with, which is just amazing. Just, just that one thing amidst everything else that you do. So guys, this is one of the reasons I invited Mike and I'm so excited to have him here on the podcast to share his impeccable skills of being literally the best preceptor that there is so that you can use his tips and strategies for how he does that to augment your own teaching style and practice. So guys, if you don't follow Mike on Instagram, you need to do that now. So hit pause, go follow him, come back. He's at Core Console RX. But Mike, I want you to briefly just talk about what that award is, Preceptor of the Year, because I just want people to get kind of a grasp of the context of how you're even nominated for that and how they decide that, what that looks like, and then what that means for you, this Preceptor of the Year. Oh, so, um, you know, I definitely will start off by saying, you know, I appreciate your kind words and, and all that, but best preceptor out there is, is I'm far from that. So, so I'll say that right off the bat. But, um, you know, the preceptor of the year award is um, broken down into three different groups. And so that's the other piece of it. There's an acute care and ambulatory care and then like a community or clinical community. Um, and so that's the group that I fall into. So right off the bat, like some of our really heavy hitter, you know, like faculty members and things like that, like they're on a just kind of a different 
um, grading scale, if you will, or in a different group. And so they have three different awards. So I, I want to also throw that out there because I don't want to put myself in, in the category with some of those champions. So, um, you know, the, the community, um, the clinical community, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, preceptive years, all anyone who's in any type of community, whether it's independent, it could be retail, um, it could be um, like any sort of dispensing, any place that has dispensing, like a VA pharmacy type thing. It's not a, like a true hospital or um, AMCAP is any type of dispensing. You kind of go into the community group. And then from there, students on your rotation at, after they fill out their evaluation, because they get to evaluate you just like you do them. And they fill out their evaluation. And at the end, it says, would you like to nominate this person for preceptor of the year? And then you can click that. And then you have to fill out why you think that person should be preceptor of the year. And then they take all those responses, however many votes it was, even if it was just one. And then they have like a panel at MUSC that kind of votes uh, made up of faculty members and other, um, you know, distinguished preceptors and things like that. And then they will vote on, you know, who should get the award. So guys, this is peer led. This isn't, you know, I've accomplished this and that. So I get this. It's literally people that are taught that have been under Mike's wing are just so moved by his dedication to their learning and their growth that they go out of their way to be like, yo, this bro is legit. Like you need to do something for this guy. So that just speaks volumes because we're all busy, especially pharmacy students. So for them to go out of their way, nominate, write things, they are really moved to do that because they're impacted to such a high degree. And that's just like getting nominated. But then you, like Mike said, you're, you're going against other really high quality people. So, I mean, I'm sure he has a band of people that are backing him. Um, for this and three years in a row like that's just incredible man so again congratulations to that I know you're super humble but that's just astounding so just wow <laughs> I appreciate it man thank you it, it was pretty shocking and it you know really meant a lot to me yes yeah I know it does because teaching is where your heart is and that's kind of where I want to go with this is a lot of people, a lot of pharmacists, because I'm a preceptor as well, and we have, you know, conferences and so forth, and, and I talk with many other pharmacists who I ask, you know, are you a preceptor? And a lot of times, I think the number one reason that people are not a preceptor is they don't feel like they're good enough. They don't feel qualified, but in reality, they're more than qualified because they love what they're doing, they're good at what they do. And they have a lot of experience and knowledge to share. Um, so that's kind of one thing that I found that gets in the way of pharmacists that have been practicing, newly licensed pharmacists or pharmacy students who are about to get into their career. And they just kind of wrote that off like, you know, down the road, I, I don't even think that would be possible because I don't, I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if that's okay. Um, so I, I guess that's the, the big thing that gets in people's way is there a limiting belief that they're not good enough, that they don't have the experience to share that? And there's such a huge need, guys, for preceptors who are teaching. So, Mike, I just wanted to ask you this question. Why or why not should a pharmacist become a preceptor? Maybe that's crossed their mind. Maybe they have this limiting belief or other things that get in their own way. But in your opinion, from your expertise, what would you deem as someone, as a pharmacist that should be a preceptor or should not? 
So I think it's one of those things you have to really evaluate why you would consider precepting in the first place. So is it because you're short staffed in a really busy pharmacy, um, you have hours cut and you really need free help? Mm. Um, because in that case, and, and I see that unfortunately quite a bit, um, especially in the community setting. And that, that to me is like the worst reason to precept. Yes. Um, students are there to learn, not to help you run your pharmacy. Um, that might be an additional benefit, um, but that's not the sole purpose of them spending all that money to go to school. Yeah. And so I think that right off the bat, if that's like your first inclination is to get students because you need help um, and, and help running the actual show, then, then that's the wrong reason. I think if you have a passion for teaching or you think that you do have some information you could share or you would just like to kind of take another step in your own personal development, those things are all great reasons. And yeah, I agree that there is some intimidation there as far as if you've been out of school for a little bit to feel like maybe, okay, well, maybe I don't have enough to teach these students, um, things like that. You know, I think that, you know, that's great that you can kind of recognize that maybe there's some holes in your own game, but use that to the advantage of, okay, if you have a student coming on, that's almost like some built-in accountability. Um, hope, Cause hopefully if you're again, doing it for the right reasons, you feel like you want to be a good mentor for the student. And so there's nothing better to like, or no, no better motivating factor for continuing your own personal learning and development and knowledge as you go. than when you're also accountable to somebody else that you need to need to do right by. And so yeah, these, this thought of, well, what if I don't know enough things? Like you know, the first year I precepted compared to now, I know a lot more than I did, you know, previously. So, you know, I think that it, you always are developing and you're constantly learning. And for me, the precepting is something that kind of keeps the checks and balances is like, as far as, okay, well, am I improving? Am I giving my students more information than I was able to give two years ago? And you, you just kind of evolve as a preceptor, just as students kind of move through as well. And, you know, at the same time, having that realization to where if you've been out of school and you've done nothing to keep up with your information and you don't really have any clinical knowledge or, um, you know, anything like that, you know, you can definitely give them some good tips as far as day-to-day or management and things like that. But also kind of having that realization that maybe, you know, you need to freshen up on your own clinical knowledge and before you start trying to educate others. And I think that's another thing that I think um, it takes some humility and realizing, okay, well, maybe I, I haven't been as strong in these areas that I probably should have been and kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit. So I think it just takes a lot of self-awareness. Absolutely, man. And the, like the big takeaway from what you said, and I agree with this 100%, is the best way to learn is to teach because you can't really teach something unless you really know it, like front and back, you know, all that stuff. So I think that you, what you said is so true that if you feel that way, if you feel there's holes in your game, if you feel like there's certain levels where you're uncomfortable with, you're not, you know, you're not really solid on, use that to grow. Use that as like kind of a wake up call. Like, okay, I need to strengthen this because, you know, students going to be coming in. I got to be teaching, but I got to be know what I'm talking about. I can't be just spitting crazy stuff because this is literally their education. They're paying for this. So it's really what I call a win, win, win. The school wins because they have, you know, preceptor student placement. You win because you're upping your game, you're increasing your confidence, your skill set, and your patients are winning from that. And of course, the student is winning 
because they're going to be learning from your expertise. You know, it's one thing to like read a book or get a lecture, but to actually put it into practice and see how that's received by the patients, by the workflow in your practice setting, and by, you know, the outcomes. Like that's huge. And that's the value of precepting is, you know, this is the knowledge, but what's the outcome? What's the impact from this when it's put into play? So I agree with that 100%. It's a win-win-win. So I think precepting is, is an awesome way to elevate not only your career and knowledge, but also your level of impact and service to give back to the, the profession of pharmacy. Um, but I'm really glad that you started off with why not to be a preceptor. Because unfortunately, like you said, like I saw that when I was a student, um, and I'm really fortunate where I went to school, uh, University of Pittsburgh, in orientation before we even started rotations is they said, you know, we've, we've had feedback on this. And if that's an issue, you need to tell us right away so we can put a stop to that uh, because we won't tolerate that. And if you feel like you're just a tech, you know, in workflow, we don't, we don't tolerate that. You need to tell us right away because that's not why you're here. So I really want to acknowledge Pitt for, you know, stepping up for that and making that a policy. Like you're not here to be a workforce. You're here to learn, elevate your career so that you can be the best pharmacist you can be. And I challenge you guys listening, maybe your school doesn't have that, but if you're in that situation, if you see preceptors that just use students as free help or free work, say something to your experiential learning department chair, because that's not what we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. Um, so I just want to you know, put that little, you said awareness is key. So if you see that, just know that many pharmacy schools do not tolerate it. Maybe they haven't voiced that. So if that's something, let them know so that they can either talk to the preceptor or change you to a better preceptor site so that you can really, you know, use that time to the best of your ability and, and grow your career with that. Now, Mike, um, your whole focus with precepting, and, and I think this is huge. And I think just from the little bit you guys have heard so far, you can pick up on this. Mike's a very humble guy and he's all about service and putting his students first. So this is an important concept for someone that is precepting or looking to be a preceptor to make key in how you rule and, and run your precepting site. And this is something that Mike calls the 5149 rule is in terms of giving and taking with the students. So Mike, can you talk a little bit about what the 5149 rule is and how you can use that to be an awesome preceptor and how you can ensure that your students are going to get the best from their experience with you. Yeah. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I took that idea from the 5149 from Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a CEO of VaynerMedia. Um, he had mentioned that, uh, 5149 is how you should do business where you provide the client more value than they necessarily provide you to keep them coming back and to show that, uh, thankfulness that they're even buying your product or working with your organization to begin with. So I kind of took that business mindset and then applied it to, the medical world and precepting specifically. Um, I, cause when I was coming up and, and just observing other preceptors and things, I noticed that there's this, you know, almost, uh, I guess idea of the, the student is the one, uh, who just completely has everything to gain and that you're just bestowing all this information on you on them. And like, you know, you need to, you know, respect me and, and, you know, work super hard for me because, you know, I'm such an important person that you can have all this opportunity to learn from. And I just, I really like looked at that as just kind of a, 
just not the right way to come about and come at it. And so I looked at it as, okay, I'm going to always make sure that I give the students more, more value than I feel like I'm taking back. So the value in, that I'm taking back is in like having that extra person help me um, or get some of my projects done and things like that. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I was giving them more. So like w- whether that was after hours um, with pre-70, if there's a, I have had students where they wanted to make sure that they covered a certain topic, but we got really busy that day. I couldn't, we couldn't do it. So six o'clock rolls around, pharmacy closes and we get on a, a conference call later that night at like eight to go over like diabetes cases or whatever it was that the person wanted to cover or making sure that we go over, uh, you know, any kind of like extra, you know, extra attention that that student needs, um, making sure that I, I would provide that, you know, for them. So again, like giving them more than I feel like I'm taking because I, I feel like that eventually leads to, uh, the students' motivation increasing, their work ethic increasing. Because if, if they feel like, okay, this person truly does care about my learning, which I do, um, you know, they're they're going to recognize that for the most part. There's always exceptions, but for the most part, they recognize that, and it actually makes them in turn want to work harder for you and want to be uh, want to perform better. And so I think that uh, that kind of rule of 5149 giving more than you're taking is is super important and that you have to realize that if you're going to precept like it's definitely some sacrifice as far as time and that it's not just like oh I get a student awesome I get some help and that's that like I spend well, on months that I have students it's a lot more work than when I don't have students and so you know I think that that's the way to kind of look at it if you really want to build that relationship with those students. That philosophy is spot on, man. And I love how you brought in the entrepreneurship side. So guys, if you're listening to this and you've never heard of Gary Vee or entrepreneurship, you kind of wrote that off because you're like, hey, I'm here to be a pharmacist. I'm not really looking to own my own business or anything like that. That's fine. However, I challenge you to look at entrepreneurship because there's so many amazing principles in there that unfortunately aren't taught in pharmacy school. If you learn these, you can, I call them, I call it a skill transfer. So it's designed for entrepreneurship, but you're focused on pharmacy. But if you learn these concepts in entrepreneurship, you can skill transfer those over to your pharmacy practice, whether that's being a community pharmacist, going on a residency, or maybe you do want to go and own your own pharmacy one day, or just being, you know, a preceptor. There's so much value from that. And I want to kind of piggyback off that concept Uh, It's kind of similar to what Grant Cardone, another big uh, influencer in the entrepreneur space, talks about in the concept of over-deliver. So in the concept of sales, let's say you're selling a book for $10. If the person buys the book and they find that it's only worth $10, they're going to have buyer's remorse. However, if they buy the book for $10 and they feel like there's so much value, they easily would have spent $20 or maybe even $50. That's what you want to do. You want to over-deliver. You want to over-exceed their expectations. So in the concept of being a preceptor, you know, the student expects to come and learn some stuff. What if instead they came and learned some stuff and they build an awesome relationship with you and you got to like go out and have like dinner or, you know, just have like a really legit conversation outside of that practice and you got to, you know, do something cool with them and really get to know them and their, their values and what their goals are professionally so that you can connect them with people that are in your network to really elevate 
their career path and kind of expedite that process. Imagine the experience as a pharmacy student, how that would make them feel if you did all of that rather than just clocking in and saying like, oh, hey, like, you know, we have a bunch of scripts, go, go count these out, go pull these. Like imagine the difference. And like Mike said, it's, it's not easy. It's going to take extra work. It's going to take sacrifice. It might even feel like a full-time job during that five or six weeks or however long that period is. But the long-lasting impact that that short-term sacrifice is going to have on that individual, on their career path, on the outcomes that they're going to be able to provide to their patients, and maybe even inspire them to give back as a preceptor down the road, that's invaluable. And in my opinion, and I think Mike's too, it's well worth that risk. So with that being said, um, Mike, I know that you're a huge Gary Vee fan, and I've read, I think, about every one of his books. I think they're phenomenal. If someone is listening to this, and this is new to them, Gary Vee, Entrepreneurship, is there uh, like one, maybe two books that you would recommend to refer them to, to check out um, or listen to an audiobook that he's written that will kind of help them to learn these concepts of entrepreneurship to really augment their pharmacy game? Yeah, I think that, um, and, and I will say this too, for those of you who you know, have heard him, because he, he is very like crass with the way he says things sometimes. And I think at first glance, there's a lot of people who don't like him. Um, I think he's, I've even heard there's like a bully and things like that. And, you know, to me personally, I, I think you have to give it longer. Actually listen to some of the things that he says and, and the way he comes across at first glance may not be accurate in his actual description um, because it does take some time to kind of hear his message. But yeah. ultimately what he's describing is, uh, you know, in his book, like Crushing It, where he's talking about using social media and different platforms like that to build like this idea of a personal brand around whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's a company, nonprofit, you know, whatever, then uh, that can, that can be really impactful using social media and thinking of yourself like a media company as um, an addition to whatever it is that you actually do. Um, And then there's also the thank you economy that he wrote that I think is probably one of his, his least bought book. Um, But I think one of the most important ones, because it's all about giving back to the community that kind of put you on in the first place, whether it's your customers or your social media following or whatever that is. And, and I think, as he says, a lot of people are on offense as far as trying to find and recruit new customers um, or, you know, patients or whatever it is, as opposed to realizing the people who have already supported you, like going back to them and, and thanking them or providing extra additional value to them and things like that to kind of reaffirm your gratefulness for them being a part of your company or, you know, association or whatever it is off the bat. Yeah, those are great, great, great points, man, for sure. Um, I, I really challenge you guys to kind of step outside your comfort zone. And, you know, pharmacy is great. You got to know everything. But again, look at that skill transfer. Look at all those concepts. And think about this. Everyone that you're working with or if you're competitive, competing with in your class or in your niche, they're all focusing on that one lane. If you look at the other lane and bring those concepts, that can really help your career and patients you serve. Imagine how that's going to help your career and the level of care that you're going to be able to dispense because no one else is doing it. So you're going to be able to stand out in a good way because you're innovative, because you're looking to step outside that box and that standard way of thinking to really bring that value 
in a way that has never been seen or delivered before. So there's so much that we can talk about with this, but I just wanted to touch on that and hear your recommendations, Mike. So thank you for those books. Um, I've read them. They're phenomenal. I will have those linked in the show notes so that you guys can access them too. Um, one of the things you just said, Mike, about thinking differently, and, and I talked about skill transfer, is huge, especially when it comes to a teaching philosophy or ideology. So, for example, when, you're, when you guys are learning in pharmacy school, you might be like an auditory or a visual learner. You just uh, retain information differently than maybe your, your friends. So that transfers in how you teach as well, how you teach your ideology with precepting and in everything else. So, Mike, I think this is a huge point um, that I see some preceptors making is, you know, they have their way, they have their, their way of doing things, and if you don't get it, like, tough luck. So can you kind of talk about the ideology that you need to have as a preceptor when you're teaching students that might not fit into your mold? Yeah, so th this and this became really passion, a uh, big passion for me because I I very much kind of went against the grain a little bit as far as the traditional pathway of doing things, and and I think that that I I kind of always felt like when I was in school like an outlier, and that people kind of like this the faculty and whatnot, not all of them by any means, but like I got the vibe that I was kind of looked at as well, like you know he's off the path, like he's not going to ever do certain things. Um, and you're just going to kind of be a community pharmacist for their forever and, you know, do that. Um, so I, and, and I knew that wasn't going to be the case and I knew I just had my own way of doing things. Um, and so for me, like when I see students and I, I right off the bat, I ask them cause I have my, my rotation consists of doing the diabetes education. Um, a lot of like am care type work at the clinic as well as some dispensing work at the clinic um, and the teaching aspect. Plus we have all the, the podcasts and the social media and all that. So I lay everything out of all the different things I'm involved in. And I ask the students like, what, what's the stuff that they like the most? Do you want a, I mean, we can have like traditional, like you know, the dispensing community type pharmacy stuff with some um, topic discussions and things like that. We can do, a more am care side where you can shadow some of the PAs and stuff as well and, and do um, journal clubs and really strong evidence-based medicine type thing. Or uh, if they're involved in like, they like teaching or have a passion for academia, I may let them teach one of my lectures. Um, if they really like digital type stuff, I'll have them help me with the podcast and social media. Um, and I kind of look to see who is in, interested in what. And I've had, like, we're, I'll have two students on rotation, and one of them will say, I really am interested in the digital. One person says, I'm not interested in that at all. I want to just do community. So I switched kind of how they work on rotation based on the student. Um, and I also ask them, you know, what are your goals kind of afterwards? Because I'll have some students that come on, and they're like, I'm like, well, hour-wise, what, what do you want to be involved in? Because there's only so many hours in the day. And so I've had someone go, well, I want to follow your like exact schedule. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I resonate with this. <laughs> I'm like, are you 100% sure that's what you want? Because you might not want that. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm very, very upfront with people about that. And I'm like, look, listen, I have by by social standards, a very poor work-life balance. Um, most people would say my work-life balance is terrible. 
However, it's for me, it feels amazing. Like I love it. Um, you know, I feel zero stress from it. That's, that's what I love to do. And so I, I have, and I've legitimately like, so my co-host on my podcast, um, legitimately took, you know, that challenge as far as working the same kind of hours I do. And he was one of the only people that had said, or after that, like, I, I yeah, I want to do that. And, legitimately followed through with that. I mean, we would work, we worked a 15 hour day one day just at the pharmacy itself. Um, and then went home and then by 45 minutes after I got home, it was 11 o'clock at night. He had been with me since like seven that morning. I got a text from, Hey, I just got an idea for an Instagram post. Could we, and he started like going through some stuff. I was like, I love this kid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, oh. and, so, and that's where Cole came from. <laughs> so my co-host Cole Swanson, that, that was him like on rotation. So when it came time for me to like do something like a podcast, I'm like, well, this guy's going to be working full time as a pharmacist. You know, I need to find someone who's willing to kind of do this, especially while it's growing. I mean, you're not going to start a podcast and three days later, have it, you be Joe Rogan status. And so, you know, I, I uh, didn't reach out to him and he was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so I brought him on board with it because that was like a no brainer for me. And, um, you know, I, I, at the same time, I've had students where, they're going to pharmacy school because it is a desire of theirs to have a good career, but their true passion is, let's say, surfing. I had a really good guy in rotation with me who he, he his, I mean, that was everything for him. He loved surfing. And I, I mean, my first thought was that was not, oh, I need to change that idea and figure out how I can mold that into like, you know, to be make him more passionate about pharmacy or evidence-based men or whatever I would you know I looked at it as well you know that's great I mean you know is there is there if you wanted to promote your pharmacy career is there a way you can incorporate that and if not then do your job well and then go surf you know I don't have any, <laughs> yeah. I don't have any desire to like make anybody think like me or do like like what I do I mean I, I'm open about how I kind of roll with things um, but I want to find out what they like. I had a, a, one of my students, um, said to, uh, she, she was awesome and she is so a type as far as like organization. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I am so not that way. I mean, I, I, you know, as far as like a schedule and taking notes on things and I'm like, I'm the worst at that. I don't write anything down. I forget stuff all the time and I'm all over the place. And like she, she had said something kind of like, Oh, you know, I, maybe I need to be less like organized. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause like, that's you and you're very good at it. Like don't change to try to act like me. And, and at the same time, it was interesting because she was, she made a comment to me and, and how it was interesting to see how she's like, there's sometimes where I see like stuff and it just seems like chaos. And then all of a sudden it just all falls back to place. And I'm like, well, that's just cause that's how my brain works. Like that's how I see things. That's how I just, in my own head, it's organized. It just may not look organized to the people. And so it was really cool to see her have that, that kind of respect. And then also it was good for her because when I told her, I'm like, you don't need to change to act like anybody else. You need to do you and, uh, and, and, and do what comes right for you and it's comfortable for you. And, and that was, uh, that was cool. I think for her and was a confidence booster. And so, you know, I, I tried to just gear the rotation strictly on what that student's purpose is, what they want to aspire to. And I never try to impose my, uh, you know, desire for building some sort of a legacy in the world of medicine and pharmacy on anybody else. Because I, I, I do, if you, if you don't have that naturally, I do think you'll burn out. Oh yeah. And, you know, so I, I don't feel the need to try to make everyone 
think or learn or do exactly like I do. And then the ones that are very a type, I don't try to change and make, you know, go against the grain. I'm like, good, go <laughs> like do I mean, you already have a path cut out for it. It's perfect. It's way harder trying to go against the grain. Everybody thinks you're a rebel for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Well, dude, that's such amazing advice and really consider it. Um, and, and I think to sum that up, it's meeting people where they are and really understanding what their goals are rather than like, okay, here's what you got to do because everyone's different. Everyone's in a different path. They might all be the same year in pharmacy school, but they might be totally different in their career development path. They might've never worked in a pharmacy before and this is new. It might've been a life aspiration and they're a third gen pharmacist. Like you don't know. So getting to know that, that, that intake. So as a nutrition consultant, when I work with my clients, before we even get started, I do very thorough intake. You know, what have you tried? What works for you? What has not worked? Um, what are your goals? What, what are things you do like? If we're talking about a nutrition plan, you know, what are foods that you just can't stand? Because if they hate broccoli and I, you know, recommend broccoli, like that ain't going to fly and that's mm -hmm. going to create dissonance, right? It's not going to create adherence. And if there's no adherence, there's going to be no follow through and no results and outcomes. So that's phenomenal that you do that. And the, the other thing that you do that I think is great is you don't try to make people fit the mold or like, here's the plan, do the plan. Instead, you take the concepts that work and allow them to work for the student instead of working against what they want to do, what their passions are. So I think those are not only considerate, but just really effective because it's going to allow people to do what they want. And you said going against the grain. Well, if you go with the grain of what your passions are, that's going to be so much easier, especially if you're trying to do stuff in addition to your full-time job as a pharmacist. Because as you know, I mean, bro, you know, like you get it. Like you're, there's going to be days when you're, you're tired, you don't feel like it, right? But you do it anyway because it's your passion. If mm -hmm. it's not something you want to do, there's no way in hell you're going to follow through with that. And you know that it's the grind. It's the long-term consistency, especially during the times you don't want to do the stuff that's going to make the difference for the long term. And if you don't love doing that stuff, it ain't going to work. And if you don't do the work, it ain't going to work. So that's why doing what you love and really finding something that you resonate with, finding some sort of mission or purpose that you can get behind and make your kind of life embodiment, that's what's going to make the difference. So I love that you said that because it's so true. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you do all this? You're a you know, full-time community pharmacist. You've got all this stuff going on. It's because I love it. And people that you know, don't get it, like, they're like, you're crazy, like, what, whatever. But, man, you're the same, if not more, like, for sure. Like, you work before work and then come at home from work and do some more work. And you've got you know, friends and family life and everything else. So it's not that you're this hermit. <laughs> you actually do stuff and you actually like it. I mean, yeah. how, many, how many times have people said to you like, Oh, you work too much. You got to relax. Like, Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Every day. I hear, one, I hear it once a week. You know I mean? <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Like it's crazy. And, and, and I don't take it personally because I, I know that the, you know, they're either saying it from a good place or saying it out of self guilt. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't ever let that stuff bother me. Cause I mean, I do, I have a wife and I mean, and we don't have any kids granted, but, um, you know, I babies. No, we got fur baby. That's true. Um, but, uh, we don't, I mean, yeah, we have a wolf basically. Um, 
we uh, when we work out every day. I mean, heck, I even played Xbox last night. Like, I feel I feel like I have plenty of time. Um, I just I have I have developed like very strict time management skills to where I can do everything. And I also know what I want. I don't. I'm not gonna like today. It's Saturday. I'm off today. I'm certainly not sitting down and I'm watching an entire season of some show. I'm just not. That's not how I roll. If that's how you roll, that's awesome. Watch your show. That sounds great. I'm sure it's probably pretty fun. But I just know what I need to get done, and so I, I just don't do those things. But the whole oh, calm down and relax, and people don't realize, man. When when like for for me, this is my relaxing. Like yes, if I my alarm goes off and you know I'm tired and I, woke, I went to bed late, my alarm goes off. I'm, I'm still jumping out of bed because I'm like, this is fun for me. This isn't like oh, great. I have to do. If, if that's how you feel, like that's not what you need to be doing. <laughs> you need to do your nine to five or whatever you work, and then go talk about whatever it is else you want to talk about. Go talk about comic books or Marvel or whatever. I don't care what it is, but uh, go be passionate about that. That's awesome. Exactly, uh, man. I yeah, like- to be fortunate enough to have my enjoyment and passion also happens to be what I get paid to do, which is pretty sweet. Yes, yes. And that, that's what's funny is my texts, they like stop asking now because they used to ask, oh, what are you doing? Because I'm off every other weekend. But yeah. And then I'll tell them and they'll look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, you're, you're young. You need, you need to enjoy life. You need to relax. So I explain like, you don't understand. Like if I was retired, like if I was, you know, billionaire, like you didn't have to work, all that stuff. I would literally do this because I love it. Like it, it's my purpose. Like I really feel it's my calling. So that's how I'm able to do all this stuff because I actually enjoy it. And that's right. the key. And that's the concept that you hit on. That's so important is guys, if you're listening to this and you want to, you know, make that move and you want to be like next level, you want to be doing Mike stuff, right? You don't have to copy Mike. You don't have to find someone that's doing, you know, all the things and just like emulate them because everything they do might not be what you want to do. So having that self-awareness of what you like, what you enjoy, that's so important because that's going to set the groundwork for where you're going to spend your time, for what energy you're going to need to put in. And what Mike said, how you're going to manage that so that you can do all the things because finding that balance, it's a learning experience, like straight up. I made some dumb mistakes years ago and I tried to do all the things and I felt spread too thin and it's a learning experience. You got to find where your time is best used. You've got to find what you really enjoy and not trying to do all the things that other people are doing, but stay true to what you're passionate about and the value that you can bring to the table to best serve people with the, the skills and abilities that you have. That's what's key. And I, I hope you have that takeaway from what we're talking about here is you can do more if you feel like you want to, but you have to first identify what you want to do. So I think that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. Uh, to keep in mind. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy to read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, 
check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. With that, talking about you know all the big things that, that Mike does and, and all of his amazing accomplishments, um, I'm sure that's going to probably double or triple in the next 10 days. <laughs> Knowing you. But I think Mike hit on a big point, and I can resonate with this too, is you know I've had some good success in what I do, and it's because I, I love it, but I've been doing it for so long, and it requires a lot of sacrifice. And making sure that everyone in your life is you know, aware of your intentions and you're, you're very intentional with your time. That's really, really key because I will never let relationships suffer from what I do. I make those a priority. And people say, like, how's that even possible with everything? Well, being intentional with that is really key and, and setting those expectations. But where we are now is not where we started, um, both for Mike and I. So, Mike, if you want to kind of address this point, of, you know, down the road, let's say, let's say you're not doing the entrepreneur thing. Okay. Let's say you graduated pharmacy school, you're doing the pharmacist get thing and, and that's it. And, and you love that. And you, that's fulfilling to you and you feel satisfied. Well, look back on where you started. Look back on that process of day one and everything that went into where you ended because likely it wasn't just you on that path. You likely had help. You likely had preceptors. And you likely made some mistakes that either forced you to level up and be like, wow, like that was a real young dumb move that I did right there. Like I need to fix this. Or you need to, you know, go back and repair, you know, any issues that you had. So can you talk about that whole thing about looking back at your beginnings and the concept of respect? with being a preceptor, with being a pharmacy student or a pharmacist, because I think that's a really important thing for, for people listening to grasp. Yeah, I think kind of some reflection on your own career, I think is really important for a number of reasons. I think one, like you said, um, kind of looking back at the beginning and seeing how far you come gives you some sense of accomplishment, ho hopefully, um, or, <laughs> or some sense of um, direction of, okay, well, i feel like I haven't accomplished enough, so I need to do more. So I think it can help from a personal standpoint like that. Um, and I also think that it, um, it, I see too many people who they get some letters after their name, regardless of what kind of healthcare professional they are. And they have this, all of a sudden, this like complex of like, okay, you're a student, I'm here, I'm on a higher pedestal than you. And you need to respect me out of the letter because of the letters that follow my name. I've I've literally heard someone say, you don't have to like me, but I have a PharmD, so you will respect me. Wow. I'm like, I that me is like the absolute stupidest thing you could ever say. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like you will respect like that person's gonna hate your guts when they leave this room. Like, why would you why would you say that? And I've never ever looked at like I don't ever put a student below me. I don't ever look at myself. I hope that I'm able to, you know be looked at as someone that they can come to, to like learn from, obviously. I don't like, I don't, you know, like, like I just still differentiate that, but I don't look at myself as, Oh, I'm so fancy. Cause I've done this and you're just down there. Definitely. I'm like, I, I, I make sure on the first day, like I'm, we're on the same, we're on the same level. You need anything from me. You, you let me know. And, and I even get, I, so all of my students have my cell numbers um, that, that I precept and, 
you know, I remember when I was in school and there's, and there's a lot of preceptors who are going to super disagree with me on this. And that's fine. Um, you know, I always have to throw something controversial in there. Um, I, I have, uh, you know, I heard when I was a student, they said, you know, they were given this big long things of all the don't do's and don'ts on precepting and, uh, or being a student on rotation rather. And they were like, do not ever text a, a farm D after five o'clock. Like that is so disrespectful and this, that, and the other. And, you know, granted, if I don't know every situation, if that's how you roll, cool as a preceptor if you want to make that rule good like i'm not judging i don't care i'm just saying for me personally one of the ways that i kind of show the students that i'm uh i'm accessible and i don't feel like i'm so important that i can't be bothered give them my cell number i'm like look you text me any time of day if you text me at two in the morning i'm gonna be so pumped that you're up working on rotation stuff at that <laughs> late. that's a fact that's Right. That's crazy. And so I'm like, you, you like, you need something, you take care of the weekend, whatever. If you have questions, something about rotation, if I'm not available or if I'm with my wife or I'm, I'm doing whatever, like I won't text you back right away. I'll text you later. Like I make sure they understand that, you know, look, we, we're a team here. Like we're, I'm, yes, I'm your preceptor. Yes. Like there has to be that level of respect. Like I don't think I wouldn't let a student just be completely unprofessional um, by any means. But again, like I set the stage from baseline that, you know, that, that I, I respect them full heartedly. And so most students, especially in the grad school level, kind of reciprocate that just because like, oh, shoot, well, this guy's really does care about me. No, no one's like, most people are not, oh, this guy really, truly cares about me. I think I'm going to take advantage of that and be a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like exactly. I've, I've had zero students do that. And so, you know, I, I think that kind of, remembering where you came from, remembering you were not always Dr. So-and-so and that there's, you know, I even look back three years from now, four years from now, um, you know, I'm like, wow, when I first graduated, I thought I was like, whew, I got this stuff. I crushed rotations. I'm like, man, I know my stuff. I look back on that now, I'm like, I cannot believe they gave me keys to a pharmacy. What the heck were they thinking? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> I'm like, and I, and I truly hope that four years from now when we're talking, like, I'm like, gosh, remember when we did that podcast? Um, I didn't know anything. I thought I was fancy. You know, <laughs> I, 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 wanted, I wanted to evolve like that because I don't, I don't, I want to look back and be like, holy cow, you know, I'm, and I'm coming up. But I also look at that as, you know, I don't, I think, you, you know, to, to again, quote Gary Vee, you're only as good as your last at bat. So it doesn't matter what I've done, you know, things like that. I started from somewhere. I had people that were super fundamental to my success and, and phenomenal mentors along the way. And so why the heck would I not humble myself in order to be like, give that back to a student? Because um, there's people right now that are still in my life that are mentors that are, I mean, light years away from where I'll probably ever be as a pharmacist. And, you know, I've done more in pharmacy than I'll ever do. And I'm like, those people are out there. Who the heck am I to think I'm something special? I'm like, those, these people are Jedi Knights of pharmacy. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm fancy. Like, forget that. And so, you know, I think that looking just kind of grand, biggest scheme keeps you humble and keeps you on the same level with students, which then gets reciprocated. And that respect is, is automatically earned um, at that point. So that's yeah. my long-winded, long-winded. Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's. I'm glad that you said all that because it's so true, guys. Respect is earned. It's not just like, oh, I have this degree, like, you know, bow down to me. And it reminds me, actually, when I was, uh, so I started community pharmacy as a, as a tech, and then I went to an intern. And there was this pharmacist, and I'll never forget, like, the drive-through, because we had a drive-through at the pharmacy, and it went off, and, like, we were all busy, and the pharmacist wouldn't get it. And he's like, oh, no, I'm the pharmacist. I don't get the drive-through. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like instantly lost all respect, like instantly, because he thought he was better. Like, oh, I'm above the drive through. And I was like, wow, I know I'll never be that pharmacist. Like, that is so dick. Like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So like that concept of like seeing what not to do so that you know, like to what to avoid and to instill that like is, is so, so important. Um, but holding yourself to that high standard, it, it's funny you say that because um, my my business friend and I, we so he's a, uh, a videographer and I, I'm, I've been working on my speaking career for the last year and a half. So our challenge to each other, because he videos it and does the editing and so forth. Um, if you guys are on Instagram, you probably see all the videos I post uh, pretty much every Sunday, just clips from, from stuff that I've done. But our, our challenge to each other is we want our next production. So for him, it's video. For me, it's the speaking engagement or the speaking program. We want the next one to be so good that we're embarrassed by the last one that we did. That's literally our challenge to each other. And it's worked every time. So if you do that, like what Mike said, like, you know, four years from now, we want to look back and just say like, wow, like I didn't know Jack back in the day. But right now he's like, you guys heard like where he's at. If you've been following him, you know, he's legit. Everything he's saying is genuine. He truly cares. And he puts in the work. Like that's what it takes to get to this level. That's what it takes. It takes the work. It takes the sacrifice. It takes always looking. How can I level up? How can I improve? Never resting on your laurels. Never staying satisfied. Maybe being impressed a little but always looking, how can I evolve? How can I get just a little bit better so that the next time I can look back and be like, oh, I could have you know, done this well. And, and I know Mike does that when he teaches. He probably gets feedback from students. Like they're like, oh, that was the best presentation I ever heard. Like you're amazing, you're funny, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, that's good, thank you. But what could I have improved? Like what can I do better next time? And he doesn't just ask to ask. He actually takes that to heart and implements it so that the next presentation blows the last one out of the water. Am I right or wrong? hundred percent. Like, in fact, I, I read every single comment that students have. I, I ask them before I give them feedback whatsoever. Every single week I sit there and have feedback with them. I said, well, what can I do to make this more impactful for you? Do you feel like, and I'm like, and, and again, I established it based on this, this rapport with them that they can tell me stuff. So I, f- I feel like usually it's pretty honest. I'm like, what, what do you hate about this, this month so far? What, what, what can I do better to educate? What kind of things do you like so we can do more of that? Like, I'm, I want that constant feedback. I mean, and if, cause I feel like if you, if you're not improving, cause I don't think you'll all ever get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. I mean, I think the second you get there is when you start to lose. Yeah. Um, cause your progression is everything. You have to constantly evolve and reevaluate and grow. And I mean, I did the same thing in my podcast room. Like just my podcast room alone, like Cole always gives me crap for it because every time I come in here, something's different. And I'm like, that's because I come in here like a crazy person. And I just look around, I'm like, what can I change? And I'm like, <laughs> Guys, you need to see it though. Holy crap. It's like a stage crew room. Oh my goodness. Like, like I just, I don't know. I don't know how else to be. I, we, we, Cole and I spent hours one day putting up this, um, the back, the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the background of our initial podcast, like, we only had one camera angle at that, at that point. And, um, so it just had this back wall and it was like some wood paneling looking thing. We spent hours putting this up and I, I, we did one or two episodes with it. And I was like, I hate this. We got to tear it down. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I hate it. We need it. It needs to be better. He was like, we just did that. And I ripped the whole thing down myself and I, and piece by piece redid the paneling. He came back and he's like, all right, this looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, man, it's so true. Like, like I just, 
yeah, I don't, I mean, I think if you don't, if you're trying to build something huge, like how, how else do you expect to get there? Like if you're without constant growth, the second we hit a, a, like some sort of a goal, I'm like, all right, let's have a good time today and appreciate this goal and be thankful for what we've earned. And then let's go, <laughs> let's keep going. Exactly. It's like you accomplished the goal. So now by accomplishing that, that now sets you up to have those skills that you learned from that process to put them towards the next one. So that it's so important, guys, this concept. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's, it, that's literally the truth. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm just like staying the status quo. Well, if you're not growing, if you're just staying the status quo, you're literally dying. Let's just look at money for a second. Let's say you have a, a $10 bill. Okay, you just set it aside. Like it's not growing, it's just sitting there, right? It's just staying the status quo. Well, in five years, it's literally not even gonna be worth $10 anymore because of inflation, because that's growing. But if you're not, guess what? And that's just like pharmacy, like everything else, competition, innovation. Just look at technology. Shoot, in a week, something's outdated. Like it's crazy. So you've got to always be looking at that. If you're not growing, you're dying. So what are you doing to develop your personal skill sets? What are you doing to develop your clinical knowledge base? What are you doing to become a better preceptor? You've got to look at these things and keep that pursuit to keep trying to be better and innovate and evolve because that's how you're going to be the person you want to be. And when you become that person, you're going to be like, oh, I wonder what else I can do. Because if I can achieve this, wonder what else I can do. Because I didn't even think this was possible. I thought this was some crazy lofty goal. But here I am. But where am I going to be tomorrow? We're going to be next year. We're going to be four years from now when Mike and I have the next podcast that's like in your brain where you don't even have to listen, like we literally in your head because technology will probably be there by then. Who knows? By next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a huge concept is playing the long game instead of the short gain. So looking at that, Mike, um, especially coming back to our, our talk and focus on precepting is what, what advice do you have for listeners who are looking to be a preceptor or become a better preceptor than, than they are now looking to, to take our advice to heart and really grow rather than stay stagnant and, and just do what's always been done, but looking to evolve. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, that dichotomy of short-term convenience versus long-term impact? Yeah. So, you know, I, th I think again, always stemming back to what are your, what are your end goals personally? You know, I don't, I don't expect everyone to have the same end goals as me um, or the same desire to build, you know, a legacy in pharmacy or medicine, whatever, like I do. So I, I think, again, take what I'm saying as you need to reflect on your own personal life and goals before you kind of implement. But um, for me, you know, I look at every opportunity, especially in precepting, you know, as what could this lead to in the future? What doors could this open? Um, and, and not just in precepting, I do this with everything in my career. I mean, every single thing that people see me doing is usually like a pawn that I'm trying to move to open up a new opportunity or to do different things. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, with precepting, if you, it, it is because it's difficult, you know, sometimes where you have worked all day, maybe you don't want to prepare a topic discussion for the student the, the next day or, or prepare to like have some other questions to ask them so that you can make sure that they understood what they researched and things like that. You know, you might be tired and it might be, it, that's the sacrifice that, you know, where you could be doing something different. And, you know, 
a lot of times people won't put in that, you know, they'll, they'll take the shortcut of like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm just tired. It's not the move. I'm the preceptor. They're the ones that need to be doing the research. Um, instead of, again, looking at the implication of like, okay, this is forcing me to learn, which is good. Um, you know, who, one, you also don't know who that student's going to become in three or four years um, and what kind of impact you're going to have on them. And even if they become no, they're just an average person that you never see from again, you know, you did the right thing and, and did right by them and they're going to respect you for that. Um, and then, you know, two, you, the more you put in to precept, you know, try to find new opportunities to do different things, or especially when it comes to like innovation, you know, I originally, one of the things I liked about like starting the podcast was I felt like I could use that for my precepting. And so like to kind of give students something different to see on a community rotation that they've never seen before. So I was like, okay, that'll be really cool. Cause like I can bring these students in and like have them do a episode with us. And, you know, I never expected it to grow as quickly as it has. And so I was kind of looking at it from that standpoint, but that, because I did that for precepting, that podcast has opened up so many opportunities that I never in a million years thought I would be able to do already and has led to so much more than I ever anticipated and hopefully will lead to much more. And, you know, I just think you have to look at the long-term goal of like what could be, what could happen instead of looking at, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of tired. So I'm going to watch Netflix instead of doing this now. And again, I am not judging. I don't ever judge anybody's the way they spend their, or how they formulate their work-life balance. Like you can be a good preceptor and not do some of those things. I just, think that if you are really trying to be like one of the greats and like I mean, really build like a legacy with these students, then you're going to have to do more than what an average person does in their day-to-day life. Yeah, man. I mean, you got to lead by example. So think about this concept, guys. You've probably heard the whole phrase, like you're the average of the five people you spend your most time with. Well, a student's going to be with you. So that's going to be one of those five people, right? And they're going to have to level up or bring themselves down to where you're at. So if you just do the status quo, you're leading them. You're literally the, the position of leader. So they're going to emulate what you do. So if you just show up and like, okay, clock in, like whatever, then they're not going to really put in effort, right? I mean, some people will, but I mean, that's not going to pro- provide a conducive environment to really pushing them to the next level. However, if you do what Mike does and you take stock and you get to know them, and you get to know what's important to them and where their career paths are, where their goals are, where their interests are. And you show up on day one and they're just like, what is this? What is this? Then what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to like, you know, sit on the back and like, you know, come late to the the site? No, they're gonna be like, wow, this guy is a full-time guy. Like he's got all this stuff going on. He's going above me on for me. I got to show up too. That's exactly what's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then you have a conversation. Maybe they're going through, you know, some sort of life thing or, or whatever. But that, again, is an opportunity for you to step in and really be a mentor, more than a preceptor, but really be a mentor in their life. And that's going to really leave a lasting impact. And I know, like, I don't, I don't know, but I can just guess that almost every student you've had, Mike, has probably stayed in contact with you, reached back out to you and said, like, hey, man, you were my preceptor a couple years ago, and I just want to let you know that what you did, like, I can only imagine the behind the scenes stuff, but I really appreciate it because you really inspired me to do X, Y, Z. Like true or false, that's happened several times to you. 
Yeah, I definitely have stayed in contact with a lot of my students. Um, I mean, that, Cole's my co-host on my podcast now, and um, that's how I met him. I mean, there's lots of students that I talk to all the time, and and it was cool too because like when I won Precept of the Year this this year, the ones that had voted for me the first year, um, some of them I hadn't talked to in a while, and they all reached back out to me and were like, "We heard you won again. Congrats, well deserved." It was really cool to hear from them again too. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I keep in. I try to keep in contact with um, you know as many of them as I can. Um, it's been a lot of students, you know, the last three years. So, and then this, this year's like ridiculous. I was looking at my schedule. There's some months I think I have like four people on rotation with me from different schools. So, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's going to be even getting even crazier, but, um, you know, I tried, definitely tried to keep in contact and I have, I've, I've never, at least to my knowledge, had anybody be like, yeah, that was a sucky month. So (laughs) (laughs) At least to my knowledge, maybe they were. I don't know. I'm sure there's always there's always gonna be somebody that doesn't you know like my personality or something. But um, yeah, and and one thing I wanted to add to this too, like because I I like what you were saying, and and I this it reminded me. I heard this uh, this Navy steel one time was talking about all these crazy workouts and stuff he was doing, and he said that uh, his goal. Um, as, even when he was a Navy, because he was a retired Navy SEAL, he was saying even when he was a, an active Navy SEAL was to be uncommon amongst uncommon men. I thought that was interesting because, you know, when we say uncommon, we're talking about like the SEALs are like the elite, you know, training force and like in, in special forces unit and in, in like the army or the um, military rather than the Navy. And, uh, you know, you look at them and, and it's like, holy cow, those those people are like, that's, you know, the alpha group right there. He was like, I want to be uncommon even amongst them. I want those because that's your new average if you're in that group. Wow. So, and he wants to be even above them. And so like, that's how I kind of look at people like, you know, in pharmacy, like we, we were all the, the ones who got A's and B's and, and stuff in undergrad or have did really well in undergrad. And we did way better than the rest of the, the average population. That's why we went on to do other things. And then now when we're here, like I personally try to take that and, okay, now I want to be, again, um, considered uncommon amongst this new group and, and constantly push myself that way. And again, I know that's not everybody's desire, but if it is, like thinking about it like that, um, I think is important because the second you're like, well, you know, I, you know, I've done all this and you start comparing yourself to, you know, average people, um, you know, especially not in the medical world. It's like, well, that's not, that's not your peer group necessarily and especially not with your your certain goals that you're trying to uh, go so you need to be looking at the people around you who um you know are doing big things I'm like okay am i doing the same or more you know than them and, and really trying to look at make yourself on a put yourself hold yourself to a different standard i guess is what i'm trying to say absolutely guys one thing i love about this podcast and the the guests that i have on it is every single thing we talk about is not something we're talking out of our ass. This isn't something that we read in a book and we're like, oh, this sounds cool. This is stuff that we actually live and breathe every single day, which is why we're talking about it, because we know it works. It's advice that we've put into practice and seen the outcomes, and that's why we're sharing it. That's why we're having these conversations. And I'm just so grateful that Mike is here I mean, this, this is probably the longest podcast I've done, <laughs> but I mean, it's so good because there's so much knowledge that Mike brings from his journey. Um, and I'm going to also link, uh, Mike has been a featured fit pharmacist for fit pharmacist Friday. Um, so I'm going to link that in the show notes as well, because we didn't get the touch on it, but his story of pharmacy school is just so phenomenal. I mean, just a brief synopsis. He was a pro MMA fighter 
and he had to make a decision in pharmacy school. Like, am I going to do this full time or am I going to get really serious about pharmacy? And it's just really inspiring that he, you know, he was at a crossroads and he decided to go all in on this and you can see what's happened. I mean, it's just amazing and so inspiring. So making that commitment and, and doing that, it's not going to be perfect every time. You're not going to have the outcomes you want. You're going to have shortcomings and that's how we learn and grow. Uh, you either win or you learn. So you're going to get your outcome or you're going to learn how to do it better so you can improve and get it even better than you thought you could when you implement those learning points in that journey. So it's just, it's just phenomenal, guys, to have Mike on here and share this because everything we've talked about is stuff we actually do ourselves. And that's why we want to share it with you to let you know that, you know, it might be scary. It might be, yes, a huge sacrifice to do these things. But we're telling you it works because we do it. So that's why we want to share this. Um, yeah, man. But wow, so much value, so much content on this podcast. You gave these guys some really awesome stuff. So once again, you over-delivered. So thank you so much. No problem, man. Sorry we destroyed that 30-minute goal we had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what I just realized what time it was. I was like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, man, in 30 minutes, you know, here, here's what we'll talk about, and, you know, hour and a half later. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what we do. We destroy goals. So, I mean, I can't be, no. I can't be mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, no, man, I, I really appreciate you having me on. This has been super fun. And, and you know, for the, I'll throw this out there for you. Adam was one of the first people – um, when I first started doing some of this Instagram stuff and like social media and, and posting, you know, evidence-based medicine little clips on there, um, you know, he was one of the first people that actually gave me uh, a platform. So I, I was on his podcast for the first time. It, when, it was like early 2017, right? Yeah, um, back in the but, day. And, you know, that he was like, the first person to like, you know, give me a shot to like voice my opinion on social media. And he had a really big following. I think I had four followers. And so he was able to like, you know, really kind of give me some, uh, a platform to stand on when I first got started. So, I mean, I'm really appreciating everything you've, you've done for me along the way too. Oh man, you've done, I mean, there was, I could see, I could see you were the real deal. There was no doubt. So I was like, man, this guy's going to blow me out of the water. And I think I told you that I'm like, yeah, man, just remember like when you're up at the top, you know, down the road, just remember like, Hey, I, I know you, man, <laughs> when you've got Gary V on your podcast, just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm this kid, Adam. <laughs> if it ever comes to that, believe me, I'll be flying you and Rich and you know everybody else down to to do it as well. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But now, man, we're I'm I'm excited to see all the big things you got coming up because I know some secret behind the scenes stuff that I, I can't wait for you to reveal to everybody. Oh yeah, we've we've got some big projects, uh, Mike. You're actually a part of that too. Um, that's going to benefit pharmacy students specifically, and guys, this is going to be huge. So. Definitely tune in, uh, stay tuned with that. But with all the amazing content that Mike has shared here, you can tell he's genuine. You can tell he knows what he's talking about. His heart is in the right place. And he's got you know the credentials going back to like, oh, respect me, I've got these letters. Mike has some letters, okay? <laughs> but I mean, it's earned respect. It's not demanded. He's put in the work. He has such a, like, just a dedication to teaching and really helping other people achieve their full potential. And that's one of the core values of, of what I do and in my company, The Fit Pharmacist, is dispense your full potential. So I really respect Mike and all that he does. So if you like the content that Mike talked about here, just know that there's so much more that he puts out every single day 
all over social. And I mean, all over social. So Mike, can you tell them where they can best reach you, where you're mo most active and how they can connect with you and possibly become a student of yours if they're in pharmacy school to come to your preceptor site? Yeah. So, um, the easiest way to get in touch with me is either email or and actually Instagram too. Instagram is actually where most people contact me. Um, but the handle is core consult and that's C O R consult R X. Um, and you can find me at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I have, I do some blogging on medium. Um, I also do like daily, like practice clinical questions on Snapchat. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Um, uh, the website is www.coreconsultrx.com. Um, you know, my LinkedIn is the same thing. Um, we also have a very small Patreon account that we do more like uh, actual lectures on versus like some of our podcasts is obviously a lot more laid back than a lecture. But if you want lectures with slide copies and stuff like that, you can get that on Patreon. Um, but yeah, the, any of the, the podcasts is on pretty much every platform that you can listen to podcasts. Um, and then you got to check out our virtual reality um podcast thing we have going on now so you can watch our if you have like oculus go or any of those you can uh sit at the table with us and watch our podcast in vr so i think that's kind of cool yeah guys the other like this guy is innovating in all levels and technology is definitely one of his main focuses um him and rich of rx radio i mean both these guys technology and pharmacy like that's that's their bread and butter so just some of the stuff they do is so cool. But yeah, Mike's got the virtual reality podcast. Um, I don't even have the equipment to view it, so I'm so behind. <laughs> but uh, guys, I'll have all the links to connect with Mike, all of the social channels in the show notes so that you can connect with him, follow on his journey, and just learn all the amazing content that he has because it's so invaluable um, for as a pharmacist, pharmacy student. I mean, I wish I had his stuff when I was a pharmacy student because I would have definitely elevated my grades, maybe from like a C to a C plus, but I definitely would have excelled yeah. so much more. <laughs> and, and can I say this too? For those of you who use uh, Amazon's Alexa, um, will you guys do me a huge favor? I just put a free, it's a, it's a skill or an app, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a free skill you can download on Alexa. It's called the Landmark Trials Quiz. And it's to help you kind of learn um, those big, like, you know, we talk about these, these trials um, and what they've done and you have to give the name of the chart of the study. And it's to help you learn like your big landmark trials. Um, I think there's 50 different trials uploaded. It'll ask you, it'll show you what the comparison groups were. You have to name the trial out loud and then it'll give you feedback and explain more about the trial after that. Um, so I just released that last week and uh, I'd love to get some feedback for you guys to, to try it out. But like I said, totally free. You can just download it. If you're using Alexa, um, check it out. And I'm, I'm still, you know, wanting to get some feedback from people and see what they think. So that is brilliant, man. Wow. That. Wow. So guys, if you're a community pharmacy or resident and you know, you want to stay up and up, but you feel like you don't have time and you know, there's all this knowledge out there, but you know, sitting down and reading a study, that's like, you know, four hours or, or however you perceive that but then that's just one study and you've got all these other ones. If you want a crash course and you really want to take your clinical knowledge up to date and stay current and even really galvanize your foundational knowledge with things that, you know, where do the guidelines come from? Where is all, all these recommendations you're making? Where did all that come from? Knowing that is going to help you so much in your clinical pursuit of knowledge and growth. So Mike has taken all of that hard work and simplified it 
so that you don't have to spend as much time so that you can get the same benefit, get the outcome without having to invest that. So if you feel like you don't have enough time and you just kind of fall into that trap of, well, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed as it is. I don't want to, you know, spread myself too thin. Mike's got your back. He's got these simple skills to really get you the benefit without having to invest as much time. So Mike, from the world of pharmacy, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for all that you do with that. And guys, I will have a link to that as well in the show notes so that you can access that. Definitely support Mike and all that he does because, I mean, he's just a good dude and he's legit. So I Thanks, fully endorse Mike. He's legit. I've seen him from the humble beginnings like we talked about. And it's just really, really an honor and just really exciting to, to watch all that you've done and continue to do, man. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all that you do, not just for pharmacy, but for our friendship. Like I just so much appreciate you as a human. No, thank you, man. That means a lot. Um, you know, I feel the same way about you right back. So, um, you know, yeah, thank you for having me, man. And, you know, everything you've done for me along the way too. It's a pleasure, man. It's great to see you excel and go beyond new heights, resetting the standard and helping others along the way. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the Dr. Mike Corvino of Core Consult RX. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 